Hello, everybody. You're listening to our community, our mission on March the 8th, 2022. This is Barry Feeker with the Topeka Rescue Mission talking with Marion Crable. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm doing good. It's beautiful out there oh. between a snowstorm and another one coming. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in March. Yeah, it can't quite decide. Yeah, it can't decide. <laughs> and uh, I ran into somebody yesterday. No. Yeah, it was Sunday, and uh-huh. it was coming down pretty hard. Yeah. And I go, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it is. That's it is. the truth. Yeah. But we get these reprieves, these beautiful sunny days that are kind of a reprieve. Yeah. Um, that And little flowers are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in church, we have a family that's going through some stuff, and um, they had had a pipe burst in their home kind of thing. And it's just been really discouraging. And they have little kids, and... During prayer and concerns and sharing kind of joys and concerns, this little girl who's probably in first grade, maybe, um, said that she had an incredible joy because they were walking up to their house, even though they can't live there, and there were little flowers growing. Mm-hmm. And she said, isn't that wonderful? You know, And what a great reminder that even... When things are nuts, God gives us these little glimmers of hope to know that tomorrow will be better, that there's something else coming. So, What what a great reminder of things that are going on in the world today. Yeah. You know, just a few minutes ago, we had a tornado drill sirens going on, you know, okay, here comes the tornado season. We look at what's going on in Europe and Ukraine and Russia, uh, the world, the the threats that are out there, the pandemic still looming, the effects of it on and on yet. At the same time, we're right here, right now, and we have needs and opportunities right in front of us. Absolutely. Uh, Nothing can pause. Right. You know, yes, we do have to pray for the people in Ukraine. We have to pray for world leaders. We have to pray for some kind of stabilization around all this and possibly get involved in some way. Yes. But also we have our next door neighbor. And a person who's hungry and who's homeless. And we have uh, organizations in our community that are on the front lines trying to do what we can in this very, very challenged world. And when we see all this, we see the little flowers starting to come up. Absolutely. You know, and it's a reminder, you know, there is renewal. Right. There is renewal. So we are not without hope. Don't lose heart. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is a time when, uh, you know, I was listening to a message from Mission Church uh, on Sunday and uh, really well done. Cody Foster unpacked it really Mm -hmm. well about a suicide that they had in their church about Mm -hmm. a year ago and Mm -hmm. the epidemic of suicide in the United States right now and in Topeka, Kansas, people losing hope and. The message was well done by Cody, um, business leader in our community with Mm -hmm. Advisors Excel, spoke in the church because he was a good friend of this man who had taken his life. And um, just basically saying, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. And if you're having struggles, there's help. Yes. Talk about it. Uh Talk about it. it. Exactly. So hats off to Mission Church and other churches in the community who are taking Mm -hmm. on this issue of suicide and mental health issues. And nobody's exempt. Yeah. No, none of us are. And and so many times it's people that don't make it at all obvious that mm-hmm. they're struggling. That's right. You know, they put on the mask and, and wear that every single day and how heartbreaking that is that they don't know that they can share. And I think our community, our mission will need to focus on this in the future. Yeah, it's, I it's, think so. it's an awareness that um, we've had mental health professionals in on our community, our mission. Yes. We've now, we're in our 116th podcast. Wow. And so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but we've had uh, some folks with Vallejo and other people here. I think we need to talk about mental health and the response of the church. Yeah. And that, again, it's just an open end of things that we'll want to talk about. Sure. But right now, we're kind of in a uh, 
little bit of a series yes. um, talking about uh, the then, the now, and the next. Absolutely. Uh, and so this is our third one, uh, as uh, some of our listeners may uh, recognize, that we announced uh, I'm stepping down as yes. executive director on April the 22nd of this year. <laughs> And Lamanda Broyles is stepping up. And Lamanda uh, is with us sometimes. She's not here today on this podcast, but yeah. uh, I turn this segment over to you, Miriam, so that <laughs> oh, you can pay me back for all of those uh, <laughs> those random questions and tests I've given you. But uh, we kind of unpacked a little bit of this last time and yeah. uh, talked about the the then, the now, and, and the next. Yeah. Um, and so the floor is yours to well, kind of you. ask me questions for people who weren't maybe around 36 years ago. Absolutely. Uh, and didn't know about Topeka Rescue Mission. Or 26 years ago. Even, even 16, or 16, right? <laughs> or even six years ago. So, uh, yeah, just uh, just so we'll help uh, those that listen to our community, our mission, know a little bit more about Topeka Rescue Mission's history, sure. and a little bit about maybe where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of been a long journey for you when you think about 16, 36 16. That was a slip. 36 years. And, you know, we've talked about a number of things over the past couple of episodes. We've talked about your perceptions and how things have changed. We've talked about the transition and how God brought you and Lamanda to this place that we are now with you assuming a different role, looking at different things in your life. Um, You've shared advice with Lamanda. Um, We've done all kinds of things. But now I really kind of want to focus a little bit more on some of the TRM history. So you've had an opportunity over the years to serve under the guidance of lots of board members, right? And the board is a really critical piece to TRM as it is with all Mm -hmm. other nonprofit organizations. But I'd like you to just really share some of your memories as it relates to the board of TRM in the past and Mm -hmm. currently, um, and share what you think is really the most important role for our board. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, uh, boards are essential to any healthy organization. And uh, the mission had started in 1953. And so I didn't come along till 1986. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of history even before I came. And there were other directors before me and other board members. When I came to the mission, uh, there were 24 board members. Mm -hmm. And um, the major emphasis on the Topeka Rescue Mission at that point was sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sure by serving those who are homeless and by um, sheltering and feeding people. Numbers were a whole lot less back in those days. One of the things that the mission uh, hadn't done much of was intersection um, with other community organizations. Mm -hmm. It had pretty much just been a kind of an arm of the local church. Mm -hmm. And so by virtue of that, it wasn't real intersected with mental health services, with other community programs. It was kind of standalone at the time. Yeah. And that, that was fine for this season. Uh, but when I came on board, I came out of uh, working with this Topeka State Hospital in the Minigers and had some mental health background and some church background and, and, and a little bit more in the kind of networking uh, arena. And so that was a bit of a challenge for that board at the time mm-hmm. is that they weren't sure if that was okay. And so I remember we had some of what we call crucial conversations <laughs> about that. And, uh, but all in all, you know, it was men and men at that time. Um, it was very patriarchal back in those days. That was another thing. There was a women's auxiliary uh-huh. and there was a board of directors and never the twain shall meet. <laughs> 
Now we got to remember back in those days, Kiwanis were all men. Yes, and they had the um, the auxiliary, uh-huh. uh, maybe rotary head band, yes. the optimus, and those kind of things. Yeah. We weren't intersected back in those days, right? In regards to it's like sitting gender. on opposite sides of the church. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, in some churches like that. Yeah. and and so um, very patriarchal. Which today we look at, and we kind of snicker a little bit, like really. <laughs> You know, was that the way it was? I remember when that changed, it was like, oh, we can't do that. Oh, yeah. yes, we can. We, we work with women and kids here. We need to have some women on the board. Yeah. But um, so when I walked in, I knew nothing. I was a very, um, uh, I'd never worked for a board before. Uh-huh. I'd been on church, small church staff, and then to work yeah. for government um, in private mental health organizations. And so here comes this uh, barely 30-year-old kid <laughs> walking in, which they all had said I was 10 years too young to take the job, but they didn't have anybody else. <laughs> And um, it was on a journey of faith with the Lord. And so I, uh, I remember the board being very, very conservative um, in regards to decisions that were going to be made. And so our board meetings would start on a Monday night at about 6 p.m. Yeah. And sometimes we'd get done at 1 a.m. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. It made for a really great Tuesday <laughs> when you were tired. But there was just lots of processing that was going on yeah. um, in regards to where should we go. Yeah. So um, in those early days, um, the heart was there, the heart of the of the men who were really there in this ladies' auxiliary who would meet the day afterwards uh-huh. um, to actually make quilts in those days because wow. we didn't have money to buy blankets. Oh, my goodness. Um, those were back in the days when we... Didn't even have enough money for a potato peeler for the potatoes for dinner, so we used the back of a spoon. People uh-huh. were like, really? Those were the days when the old rescue mission uh, roof was leaking um, uh-huh. in the winter because it was full of holes, uh-huh. and we didn't have any money to repair the roof. And so to be able to cook the dinner, the cooks, when it heated up the kitchen and melted the snow, it began to rain, so they cooked with umbrellas, literally. Uh-huh. So you can imagine a little bit different mindset when Barry came along and says, we need to do this program and create this and eventually build new buildings and renovate this and that and the other thing. And they're going, we don't have enough money for a potato peeler. What are you talking about? And I remember one time uh, it was so slim pickings here that we needed a flashlight at the front desk if the electricity went out. Oh, my goodness. It did a lot. Went out a lot. Old rescue mission. Doesn't even look like it does today. (laughs) And uh, so there was an hour debate on the board, should we get disposable batteries or rechargeable batteries for the flashlight? Wow. The rechargeables cost more. Should we fork out the money up front? You know, so for every we penny would, was being watched. Every penny was being watched. And so I came from a little more progressive, let's go getter type thing and was challenged by a board that was very conservative and wanted to slow the process down. Yeah. Not that they were wrong. It was right. a transition from let's kind of do the way things, the way we've done them for a very, very long time, or let's see what God's going to do to take us into the next place. Sure. That's what excites me about now is 36 years, 36 years later, yeah. God's going to take Topeka Rescue Mission to that even next place sure. and be ready for the times. But sure. eventually the board, um, some board members retired, <laughs> and the board got smaller yes. from 24 down to about 12 yeah. individuals. And I just, I remember just the the encouragement I would get with the board members, the the processing of what we're doing in the country um, back in those days, and homelessness was becoming a national uh, concern. Yes. Uh, we were right on the front lines of some of that um, in regards to looking at Kansas and Topeka and some innovative things that we were doing. And this board had to say, okay, we don't want to lose that foundational reason that we're here, but right. we also know we need to expand beyond what we're doing. 
And then really what kind of tripped the switch on all that was, um, as far as expanding, is in 1989, the old rescue mission began to at literally collapse oh my because it was over 100 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about the <clears throat> angels holding up the mm-hmm. walls mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> last week. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounded crazy at the time, but not afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what really, Barry, do you think is the most, if thinking then and now, I mean, there's still some commonality mm-hmm. in what the board does, but what do you consider the most important role that the board has now here mm-hmm. at TRM? Yeah. Well, I, I, I look at boards as having um, the role of um, uh, protection, yeah. uh, policy, prayer, and promotion. Mm. I call it the four Ps. Mm-hmm. So I look at what I've learned out of this board is that they want to be that oversight, the, the need to protect the organization. Right. Um, sometimes that goes into the area of policy. You know, what are your policies at TRM? Now, they don't micromanage what we do at TRM, but they basically look through to make sure that we are good to the core of right. what the rescue mission. What is the core of the rescue mission? The core is to sharing the love of Jesus Christ to those who are suffering. Yes. And so it's not a religion. It's not a do- uh, dogma. Mm-hmm. It's not a denomination. It's none of those things. It's that this board of directors believes with our whole heart that God so loved the world, that he gave him the whole world, Jesus, yeah. to be able to go out and to sh- demonstrate his love to the world. And our particular assignment is those who suffer, those who are broken, those who are homeless, those who are hungry, those who are thinking about suicide, whatever yeah. the case might be, those who suffer. So that core, but they want to make sure that we are protected in doing that because, Miriam, you know this very well, helping the poor today can be very litigious. Yes. Uh, you can get sued yes. if you help them the wrong way or mm-hmm. it's interpreted the wrong way. So you have to be very protected in policies and insurance and all of those kind of things because we work with a very vulnerable population. And so the uh, the other thing is prayer. Um, this is a group of men and women who invest themselves into praying for the ministry because there's a lot of challenges here, both from the natural and the supernatural. Yes. And then um, promoting it. In other words, we don't ask our board members to financially contribute to the rescue mission. Some places do. We ask them to feel good enough about the Topeka Rescue Mission, then go out and tell everybody about it. Yeah. And um, by virtue of that, those, that's what I consider the core that's always been there, mm-hmm. and it's the core today, and I advise other organizations, uh, whether they're secular or faith-based, Go with the four Ps. Yeah. And um, and so, and they let us run it. Um, you know, there's not a board running the mission. They hired an executive director. This one's kept his job for 36 <laughs> um, and uh, come thinking thin and those kind of things. But you know what I really enjoy about our board is when we come together, there's a, there's a brotherhood and a sisterhood there. Yes. They come together. We got some people with varying dip, uh, opinions on things. It's not a rubber stamp organization right. at all. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I wish it was. It <laughs> has never been. Um, it is a organization of, of people who would be considered uh, uh, laymen and professionals. Um, it's an organization that is mixed with people who um, have very much passions about certain areas of people's suffering. Uh, and different passions, and they all come together with just this, um, we're here on on assignment, we're here on mission. Right. We're here because they believe, and I do too, and you do too, that these are people who have been assigned by God yes. to be in leadership of this ministry. Yeah, men and women. Men and women. Men and yep. women on the yep. board. Yep. Absolutely. Men and women, absolutely. Well, great. Yep. So often when you come to this point in your career, people are just really asking you about all the successes that you had. Mm-hmm. But I happen to think that... 
there is great learning that can come from leaders when they talk about things that maybe didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. So as you think back, what's one thing or two things or three things that you view as missteps on your part? And how did God bring you to the other side of those? I've been in psychotherapy for a long time to try to forget those <laughs> repressing minutes. Men- Understandable. <laughs> so dig really deep. Go back. Yeah. Well, I, w- I want to preface it with this and say I, I had a, a, a very successful community leader one time. I was in his office and he says, is there anything that you do that just doesn't turn to gold? And I'm going, <laughs> where's he coming up with that? Because there's been a lot of successes Absolutely. at TRM. And I, I said uh, to him, I said, "This look out, look at your window right now at your parking lot. And I said, envision a semi-load, a semi-truck out there, semi-tractor trailer, and envision a Volkswagen next to it. Uh-huh. He says, okay. I said, the semi-tractor trailer would be full of my missteps, <laughs> my mistakes. And the Volkswagen might have a few little successes on the front seat. And so I think that there's been a lot of trial and error here. I will not ever say, thus saith the Lord, that he said to do this, uh, because I don't get that. Um, I get signs, and I, I'm g- grateful for those, but they don't come every day every way. Um, so um, I also preface this with saying uh, Edison tried a few times before he got it right on the light bulb. So Anyway, a lot, of, a lot of failures you do learn from. So sure. what are some of those those, <laughs> those um, ones that you wish that you would have done differently? Gosh, there's so many. Um, I think that um, that I, th- I think that I would have um, probably said, let's wait before we react to mm. certain things. Um, one thing that happens with a organization like Topeka Rescue Mission is they jump out here, jump out there to try to take on certain things and because they see a need and then the community sees a need and so the community encourages you to go do it. Mm-hmm. But we don't always wait to hear from the Lord. Um, I think that um, uh, one of my bigger missteps was back, um, goodness, how long ago has it been now, when we were seeing an increase in homeless in the community a, a good decade ago. Um, and, um, I, uh, was being asked by the city leaders, when are you going to build another shelter? We need another shelter. We need another. So I go, okay, we know how to do that. Let's go build another shelter. So we went to, um, um, 206, uh, Norris and found this building, uh, metal building, which we call the warehouse today. (laughs) And we had designs to build an overflow shelter in there that was going to house a hundred people. And it was out of more of a reaction. You know, there's a need. Let's go meet the need. We've done this before. We can do it for about a million and a half dollars compared to something much more elaborate. And um, one day I'm asking these great architects and builders, I said, is this really a wise thing to do to build a shelter inside of a metal building? They go, no, not really. (laughs) I said, well, maybe we need to be doing it somewhere else. We'd already had a big public announcement we were going to do this. I remember this. Uh Yes, yes. And so um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, a building became available right behind the rescue mission. It was an old Bailey uh, moving and storage warehouse that uh-huh. we'd had our eyes on for a long time, uh, just east of the Kansas Avenue Bridge. And so it became available, and I went to the builders, and I said, um, what about doing it over here instead? And they said, how would that improve the program? I said, a lot would be on this side of the railroad tracks. You know, we could feed them out of our dining room and so on and so forth. So had another public announcement. We changed our mind. We're going to go build it over here. It was reaction. And uh, as we're getting into the nuts and bolts of taking this old, old brick building and renovating it into a shelter, 
I was beginning to hear about all the environmental challenges with this particular building. And so um, uh, <laughs> so I went back to the folks that know what they're talking about, and I said, would it be that much more costly to just tore that thing down and build something new? And they go, yeah, maybe another hundred or $200,000 in the scope of about $7.5 million now. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what's the one under two hundred thousand dollars in the scope of seven and a half million? And so we scrapped that idea and went to great idea number three. Now keep in mind, I'd had to go to the city every single time to get permission to do the latest and greatest. So I said we had a good plan, then we had a better plan, now we have the best plan. And then somebody said, when are you going to have the best best plan? So Miriam, literally reacting to the need. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you asked me <laughs> what I really messed up on. So I announced to the whole community, we're having people wanting to support this. We've got yeah. this big plan. We're going to build this elaborate building. And um, I'm at home one morning, and we've got a $7.5 million brand new building campaign that we're getting ready to kick off. And everybody's going, hoorah, going to have more shelter for the homeless. And figure out how we're going to run another facility. We're now we're going to go from 200, 300 people a night to 500 homeless people. I said, we could become a voting district down here. I mean, you know, there'd be yeah. that many people here. And I, uh, I really felt like the Lord impressed me on me. He said, um, did you ever think about asking me about building this? Uh-huh. And I was stopped in my tracks. Sure. And I go, I didn't do that, did I, Lord? And he goes, nope. Uh-huh. And I said, all right, I'm asking now. <laughs> Am I supposed to, are we supposed to build this? And he goes, nope. Oh, wow. And I go, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back to staff and I said, oh, I think I really messed up here. Yeah. There's a need, but we're not supposed to meet the need. Well, if we're not supposed to meet the need, what are we supposed to do? And uh, I said, I'm embarrassed. I'll have to go back to everybody and say I've messed up third time uh-huh. and we're not going to build this. And uh, one of our staff members came to me and said, this building in this project is your Isaac. Oh. And, uh-huh. uh, of course, then the, in the scriptures, um, God promised Abraham a son. Yes. And um, God led him up to a mountain to sacrifice his son. And, and Abraham is going, wait a minute. You know, yeah. this is what I thought the plan was. And God's saying, no, you have to sacrifice your son. And so Abraham had to be willing to sacrifice his son who he had pretty much banked his whole future and his whole legacy on, this man or this boy was going to take the Israelites and become this great nation and go ahead and sacrifice him like he would a lamb. And when he was ready to sacrifice and had the knife and had his son bound down, God produced a ram in the bush Mm -hmm. to say, okay, you passed the test. And so the staff member said to me, this whole project and your reputation is your Isaac. Uh Are you going to obey God? Or are you going to go ahead and go with what people say? It was hard, Miriam. I'm sure it was, that was hard, hard, Gary. Because we'd already established success and credibility. And I had one community leader come to me and said, you're losing credibility. <laughs> you're losing credibility here. But fortunately, I um, learned from that lesson. And I um, did the best I could to humble myself before the Lord. And I said, okay, if not this, what? Yes. And he said, I want you to go to a neighborhood called Highcrest. <laughs> And that's where NetReach was birthed. Yeah. You want See, to go upstream. Yeah. I, I think that's amazing, Mary, though. I think even beyond the the reminder that we need to go to the Lord mm-hmm. with decisions, right? I think there are some incredible leadership uh, lessons in there in terms about adaptability and being willing to change and not holding on to things so tight mm-hmm. for our own personal reasons, mm-hmm. for our own personal ego. 
but to think about what's really best for the community and being willing to go out there. So I think that's an incredible lesson um, that you could talk all day about success. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. But it's people can really learn from mm-hmm. things that you've done, things mm-hmm. that I've done, things that any leader has done, because we all mm-hmm. make missteps. We all make do things that we wish we hadn't, that we have to kind of uh, swallow mm-hmm. hard to be able to come forward with them. But I think that that's those are wonderful learning lessons. Well, they're, they're healthy because um, we can be driven by reputation. Yes. We can be driven by what um, other people want us to do. Yeah. The question comes down, am I going to be driven by God? Sure. Um, and um, I have not done that well consistently over yeah. these years. I think the other part of that related failure or mistake that I've made is not trusting God. Now, people look at me as the God man, you know, you know, sure. he's seen God, hears God, you know, all those kind of <laughs> things. Well, I have, and I'm so yes. grateful for that. Yes. But I haven't always. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another... Um, uh, challenge is the Lord very clearly said um, back in 1989 yeah. where we were going to build our first building. Mm-hmm. And it's where it is today um, on 600 North Kansas Avenue. But there were a bunch of buildings over there and there was legal entanglements and there was um, lawsuits and all kinds of stuff. Uh, SBA loans, uh, liens against the federal government, liens against property owners. And basically everybody's saying you're not going to build it there. There's no way in the world that this is ever going to be property that gets freed up to build this building. Uh-huh. And so I got in my car and I started driving around for weeks and weeks looking <laughs> for that new spot, and I couldn't find the spot to build the building. Yeah. And one day I was so tired, and I came back, and uh, I uh, I just said, God, I, I just don't know what we're supposed to do. I know we need to build a building because that old rescue mission was falling down, and we had a time limit on where we could temporarily house people who were homeless. And I uh, felt like, once again, uh, actually, this was early on, the Lord said, I told you we we're going to build this building. Now you quit wasting time. I mean, this gets that clear sometimes, not all the time, but that clear. And um, I said, yeah, but. And he goes, no, no, but. I told you where you're going to build it. Quit wasting time. Get with the program. I'll clear the ground. And he did. Uh-huh. And people at the legal level, from the city level, going, that was a miracle. That was a miracle. And then... We get the ground, and they start digging in the ground, and they hit three underground fuel tanks full of toxic waste. <laughs> and so the, 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 the excavator came over and says, we've got a little problem here. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? He explained that mm-hmm. to me. And so we called the KDHE in or whoever, yeah. health and environment people, and they said, yeah, you could have about a $2 million cleanup bill here. Oh, my goodness. Well, our building wasn't even going to be $2 million. Yeah. And I just sunk, just sunk. Like, I need to go run away, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm the worst leader there ever was at the rescue mission. And uh, I had to go back and say, but God, you said that we were supposed to build it here. And he goes, uh-huh. Silence. Yeah, Just exactly. silence. Well, then what? But $2 million on a cleanup bill, you know, just solely depressed. Just just felt like a failure. And um, God came along and sent the right people along, and they— Got all that toxic waste out of there. And I said, what's it going to cost? And they said, nothing. Oh, my all goodness. All volunteers with the government came along and said, hey, we believe in what you're doing. We're going to take care of this for you. And I was just like so humbled. And oh, so, of course. So my biggest challenge, as biggest failures, is never not trusting God when I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Trust him other times, but not all the time. Sure. Well, and, and but how beautiful that he keeps reminding you, right? We're all a tapestry, 
right? That's in the process of being woven. That won't be complete until we're with Mm. him. So each time that that happens, it's really kind of a beautiful thing because it's just putting more detail into the tapestry that's you. And I think that that's, I think that's beautiful. Well, it's, it's very important for me personally to be transparent. Yeah. When we were writing in the darkness, the light still shines. There was some people want to kind of make those stories a little bit more hero. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, uh-uh. no, we're going to keep those real, real. Yeah. Is that here's a guy that's just like everybody else that yeah. had some particular challenges and here's how he responded to it. And if people read in darkness, light still shines, they'll see a lot of doubt. Yeah. Sure. A lot of doubt in there. A lot of doubt. But at the same time, God didn't doubt. Right. And he took those doubts that I had and said, there's still a guy I want in this this role right now. So, you know, catch up to me. I'm going to show you how we're going to do this thing. And then, you know, years later, you can look back 36 and go, wow, he's pretty amazing. Look what he's done. And bringing the amazing people along that have been a part of this journey. It's just been... You know, I mean, there, there could be hours of talking about all the different people that God has sent here that have been light in my dark days. Sure, of course. Well, and that kind of takes me to the next question. So if you think about one piece of advice, and I'm, I'm sure people have given you lots of advice, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Some wanted, some not so much. <laughs> so far today, quite a few. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is there one piece of advice that you think has been more of a guiding light to you than another, than any other? Mm-hmm. I think in general, this is kind of like what we're talking about. Yeah. Trust him. Yeah. Trust him with all things. Yeah. Um, I remember um, uh, 1991, I believe it was, early 91 or late 90. Yeah. We were just about ready to um, finalize all the necessary money to build our first main shelter, which people – Pretty much a lot of people say, you're crazy. Uh-huh. Topeka will not be able to support a nearly $2 million building for the homeless in this community. And even if you did, you're not going to have enough money to run the utilities on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know, you know, but sure. I knew we needed to try something. I felt like God said, do it. So, but we got all the money in except for the last $300,000. It was like nothing, zero, dried up. And I was so excited when I... Um, a very wonderful man by the name of Frank Sabatini, who was the owner of Capital City Bank, yes. brought me in his office and said, how much do you have left that you need? And I said, $300,000, Mr. Sabatini. And he'd already personally invested in this whole thing. He'd slept yeah. out with the homeless. I mean, uh, this guy uh, really got on fire, you know, helping me raise some other corporate dollars. Uh, Frank, just a wonderful man. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, can't give you $300,000, but I will loan it to you from our bank. Uh, with um, 1% above prime and no security. Okay, that's a good deal. That was a good deal. That was a good deal. Prime lending rate, 1% above, no security on an open-ended note. In other words, if you default, you don't have to pay it back. Uh Okay, we're not taking your rescue mission (laughs) from you. I was so excited. I came back to talk to our board treasurer by the name of Leonard Johnson at that time. And and, uh, he was was opening envelopes, donation envelopes that day. And and um, I said, Leonard, I'm excited. We can finish the building now. We can go all the way forward. And he just grinned at me. He said, well, Barry, <laughs> why don't we just trust the Lord oh. and see what he brings in? And I said, well, Leonard, I just got a message maybe from God that it was going to be a, a loan because uh-huh. the mission doesn't borrow money and right. never has. Right. Hadn't then? Still hasn't still today. Still doesn't, yes. And so, you know, it was um, – Leonard saying that we're going to trust the Lord. Of course, he's a board member. You know, I'm, I can't do this without yes. board approval. So that was a reality check. And the other thing was he was really giving me a reality check. Am I going to trust God all the way? Yeah. yeah. Or just part way? Yes. So sure enough, 
um, God sent in the money, and uh, we didn't have to borrow. And uh, I thank Mr. Sabatini for his generosity, and he was like, wow, that was a testimony to him. Sure. And people at the bank and people throughout this community. And so I guess the biggest lesson, yes, if you're going to step in to walk with God, mm-hmm. go all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't go part way. Yeah. You know, a lot of people um, want to go into spiritual battle. You know, want to experience the sufferings of Christ. You know, hear all these things that Paul said and, and those kind of things. And if I look at when Jesus went into the wilderness of temptation for those 40 days and the enemy was there and challenged him and he went without food and water and, and, and suffered greatly and the enemy lied to him in so many different ways, um, he um, went in as Jesus, came out as Jesus, but he came out with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. After he had gone through the temptation through the wilderness. And I look at that and I say, so many times we get up to the wilderness and we go, oh, this is exciting. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to jump in. We're going to go for this. We're going to trust God. And we get in, we go, well, this is hard in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. And we go back where it's safe rather yes. than all the way through. And I guess my biggest lesson is go all the way. Yeah. Because look at the blessings. If yes. you wouldn't have done those things, if yes. you wouldn't have had to um, be humbled, right? Yeah. Think of the blessings you would have missed out on. Not yeah, that you were doing anything wrong, but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have had that opportunity to really see God at work. Absolutely, um, and that's an incredible blessing. Absolutely. Well, I, I so appreciate you being so vulnerable and letting me ask you hard questions. You're welcome. And I know there will be more coming up. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> um, but we'll go ahead and wrap up today, knowing that um, our listeners will come back again to hear more stories because you have volumes of them. So take well, us out, Barry. Well, you bet. Well, they would say the old guy loves to sit around at the campfire and talk about the old days. So it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Thank you, Miriam. And thank you for listening to our community, our mission. If you are interested in more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to our website at trmonline.org trmonline.org and uh, stay tuned with uh, our community, our mission to hear more about the history and uh, more importantly, where we're going next. Thank you for listening to our community, our mission.